What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote. Joining us on the panel tonight are... Johnny Morales. David Arroyo. And Roger May. And producing, as always, is Matt Lubick. What's up? And then this is the first time that we are running a Twitch feed, correct? Yes. So if you guys want, you can go to twitch.tv slash Horizon Comics and follow along live. Well, that's not how this works. <laughs> well, well by the time you're hearing this, roughly about 8 p.m. on Fridays, roughly. Yeah. 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 Well, my point is, if you want to watch it live in the future. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. That's because, like, yeah, they can't go back in time. Yeah. And well, we're going to be saying the link every week. So. No, no, for sure, for sure. So that people know. Yeah, it's like okay. a, it's a new thing, capitals. Johnny. <laughs> ah, I see. So if you guys want to see all the ugly mugs attached to these voices, there you Speak go. Speak for yourself. Well, it's also our first time broadcasting with a lawman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Law. So, yes. Yeah, if you're watching <laughs> the Twitch feed or not, um, Jonathan Cote graduated from the Sheriff's Academy. This morning. This morning. It was it was quite Thank cool. Thank you. Thank um, you for coming. Yeah. So. so yeah, it's been twenty two weeks. Twenty two weeks. Yeah. Jeez. About six and, months. Well and a year and a half to get hired. So yeah. a year and four months to get hired. You so. you, you sir are a boss. And I, I have the greatest respect for you, and I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Roger. It's very I really cool. Appreciate that. Are we allowed to talk about it now that you're done? Or yeah, I, know I can, can talk, talk about it. it. Okay. Yeah, I can talk about it. So. I didn't know before we were like, we can't talk about it during the show. Well, it, it just it, it wasn't so much you can't talk about it. It was just you know don't say things about what goes on in the academy kind of thing because they don't want you you know details things like that. Yeah, rule run about academy. Don't talk about academy. Yeah, pretty much. It, more, rule it was two. More, don't talk about it academy. It was more don't post about stuff on social media. Oh yeah, you know? so. social media. Because I was telling people all the time, like you know everybody knew that you're gonna be talking to your friends and family yeah. and all that. So anyway. Uh, if this is your guys' first time listening to this show, we are a review-slash-spoilery podcast. We tend to review a Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book each week. On top of reviewing a graphic novel later in the show, we will play some trivia to give you guys an opportunity to win the stuff that we review. But before we get to all that, we're going to hit some news first. So, Johnny, yeah, tell us about the big news of the week, if there is any. Okay, I can barely hear you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Marvel Knights, uh, it was revealed back in San Diego Comic-Con that they're, uh, you know, revamping um, Marvel Knights, sorry. Um, but it just got revealed that it's going to be a six-issue series um, with uh, Donny Cates basically show-running this uh, thing. Um, but yeah, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be a six-issue uh, series, uh, Marvel Knights. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we have a new Black Order series. Uh, the Coal Obsidian will take the center stage, um, and this is you know to tie into like all the Infinity but War stuff. You know, without Supergiant, they're only using the movie cast. Supergiant is not included in that book. Huh? It's weird. Yeah. If that you, is weird. If anyone that read Hickman's run, you know, she was part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Marvel announces 12-part Dead Man Logan uh, limited series. I put the emphasis on man, and it should have been on dead. Dead Man Logan. Dead Man Logan? Yeah, limited series. Uh, I guess they're going to kill the old dude. Uh, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be written by Ed Brisson uh, and artist Mike Henderson. Uh, well, you know, we haven't killed Wolverine in a little while. <sighs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, <sighs> it will focus on a dying Wolverine going on one last adventure, which also ties into the original story arc by Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. So, the same story? I don't know. Is it like a sequel in the future? 
I don't know. It seems Is it like the old man Logan in the 616? This is the problem that they keep doing when you introduce all these alternate versions. Then you have to have reasons to get rid of the alternate versions when there's more than one. And so then it turns into, let's do an event. Let's do a miniseries. It's like you guys just did the thing. And you just add like 40-something issues to bring back the other Wolverine. So Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Mike Henderson on art. I like him. Uh, what has he done? Nailbiter. Oh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine him doing Wolverine, though. I think he did, uh, like, a little one issue in the Secret War, like, one of the Secret Wars tie-ins okay. with uh, Doctor Strange and the Punisher. Okay, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So maybe he can. Okay, never mind. I stand corrected. Yeah. Uh, then Dark Horse Comics announces God of War prequel series, which I thought that was, uh, you know, the Chains of Olympus video game for the PSP. That was, like, the prequel. Um, but I guess they're doing another prequel. Uh, written by Chris Roberson, uh, who wrote iZombie. And um, Tony Parker will provide the art, uh, who did this damned band. Um, but yeah, God of War prequel series from Dark Horse. Uh, then we have Mark Millar and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, they're reuniting for Netflix's Prodigy. Um, are all his titles going to have like Netflix's Magic Order, Netflix's Prodigy? They, That's ne- so Netflix owns Miller World. That's so weird. Anyway, so yeah, it's going to... Uh, a new series uh, called Prodigy, Netflix's Prodigy, is coming from them. Um, but yeah, uh, and then DC Comics is pre- preparing for Christmas Day in an atomic garden with the announcement of November's DC Nuclear Winter Special Number One. It's going to be 80 pages, prestige format, uh, anthology, um, and I guess it's supposed to be some nuclear post-apocalyptic stories in there for some reason. Cool. Um, yeah, it's going to have stories uh, by Paul Dini, Coley Hammer, Steve Orlando, and many more. Uh, then DC reveals first Batman Day. And I thought, like, the first time they did Batman Day, it was going to be on one set day. But I guess they just change it whenever they want. Because, like, last year it was July, and then the year before that it was on another day. Um, but uh, this Batman Day for this year is going to be September 15th. Uh, apparently, Wasn't it in September the first time? No, it was July and then August. I remember uh, some of them being. Hmm. I know they've never been like the same month. Uh, I'm pretty sure one was in September. Maybe? I don't know. This is the fifth one, so probably. Is this already the fifth Batman day? It, that's what it says. Yeah, one was definitely in September. <laughs> yeah, maybe. probably. Um, but yeah, it, it'll include, uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, they're going to include a comic with the f- uh, first chapters of Sean Murphy's uh, Batman White Knight and Dustin Wynn's and Derek Fridal's All Ages Batman, A Lot of Lil Gotham, and a preview of Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo's uh, black label title, Batman Damned. Um, and apparently retailers will also have access to an online activity kit, uh, I guess to do activities with kids on Batman Day. Um, yeah. We're going to have Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that that sounds like a good idea. We're gonna have Batman. I'm dead serious. Nice. You think you could do it? It's already done. Wow. See that? We're gonna yeah. have Batman. Yeah. You just said it, and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> That's man. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Such confidence. I don't even know what it's about yet, but and I just I he trust is him. the knight. <laughs> yeah. um, next piece of news is uh, Fox has pulled the Buffy li- license from Dark Horse. So Dark Horse is not going to 
publish any Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, like comics anymore. Mm. And I don't know where it's going. Um, but yeah, it's going away from Dark Horse altogether, which is weird. Happens. Things lose licenses. I know, but like, licenses. usually, like you give it to someone else, but be, like, they're just pulling it. Yeah, it might be going to IDW. That's where the other weed and stuff is. So. Ah, true, true, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, let's see. That's that's it. That's it for news. That's it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have questions pulled up. None from the email. I've got a couple from Aaron from last week. I'm actually week. very upset that we didn't get any questions. Yeah, guys, send us some questions. And send us some trivia questions, too. Stump these guys. So Ro- Roger has one point right now. Come on. Let, let's send in some stuff. Well, this is just... I got to say... Trivi- not trivia. Both. Send in both. I got to yeah. say, I left last week early. I knew the, the answer to that question. Well, maybe you should have stayed. You would have had a point. You know what, Matt? <laughs> Shut your face. Right now, Roger's winning. True. I'm really mad that we weren't counting that very first week. Hey because man, then I well, would. maybe you shouldn't have yelled Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> you did yell Scarecrow. I'm sorry okay. that I knew the answer. You did know the answer. That's true. Sorry, um, I, just have to, I just have to pipe in here. Yep. The first year, Batman Day was in July. The last four years, yeah? it's been in September. Really? Johnny, where have you yep. been? I remember August. Maybe there that was, was no another. August. September, that was a different bro. day. Maybe that was a different DC Hero Day. There was September. an announcement yeah. of some kind or an article. Your of some temporal kind skills have atrophied. On August 31st, mm-hmm. about Batman Day that was taking place on September 1st. But good job, Johnny. It is all over now. It is all over the map as far as dates. Mm-hmm. It's not like the first I mean, Saturday yeah, but they in want, September. They want to do it like on a Saturday or a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. One That's year weird. is my birthday, and this year it's like That seems two to be what they've said. You know what? I think it's only September. because I went to the first Batman day, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> like, all I'm right. Like, eh, this is fine. So we've got a couple, couple of other good questions from that first batch of questions that uh, Aaron sent in. So uh, this, is the, this is a good one. Which number one were you excited for, but then gave up on shortly after? Ooh. Oh, anything by Rick Remender. <laughs> but then I went back and Reverse. read the trade and was like, oh, crap. I, mean, yeah. I really, yeah, this is actually really great. Um, wow. I, I should have a long list. I should, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, curse Words. Curse Words, yeah. I was excited. Soul. Charles Soul. Charles Soul. Ryan Brown. I was really excited for that one, too, and I read the first one, and I was kind of like, I, I think I maybe read the second issue, and I was done. Yeah. And that was it. And I have had no desire to go back. And it's still going. Yeah, but I, I just have no desire to, to read in that world. So, um, I remember there was a Marvel book, All New Invaders. I think it was James Robinson. Dude, that thing was great. What are you no, talking about? No, the number one was like, uh, and they hyped it up to be some cool crossover it book. Was it was really cool. No, not at all. Um, the New Captain America by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Really? No. I had no. I had no desire to read that story. Even with the art, Basi- the art's great, but I, dude, I just, I resented so much them going back, even bringing up the Hydra Cap stuff. Yeah. Yep. That I look. I look at number two every day now. I mean, I see. You know, we've got some raw copies in the front, and it's like I see it, and I'm like, no. Yeah. No, can't do. That's it. a good one too. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez is sort of ages. He's the artist from Lock and Key. And it's just like, man. Not uh, good. It's, it's not what I want. You yeah. know, it's fine. Um, farmhand. Um, sorry, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? But did you read, <laughs> but did you read issue one or did you read issue two? I read I both. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. But you read them out of order. Uh, right, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the this new is thing. <laughs> our, our, I didn't realize there was a right, number two of our slogan, yet. thanks to Blaine. <laughs> and me and Blake. How our new, yeah, dare our new, you, our new sir? Slogan is, how dare you? But you have to hear how Blaine says it because he we're says gonna, it the best. We're going to put it on. How dare you? There it is. How dare you? How dare you, Johnny? How dare you? I know. You have to say it with as much sass as you possibly can. Uh, Blaine and uh, Mr. David Revis are throwing down on some Street Fighter as we as we speak. While this podcast is going on in Horizon yeah. Comics After Dark. So, um, should I do the second question that Aaron sent in just yeah. for the fun of it? Yeah, go ahead. Did David, did David answer? Oh, do you have one, David? Oh, um, well, I start a lot of comics, but... Um, oh, so that's the like one, your trend. The, the, one, the one that's um, consistent, though, is any X-Men number one. I really, 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 being a kid that grew up on X-Men... I really, really want to love X-Men still, but it's just, it's so far behind me now. It's, yeah, every time Not I start it. it, every time I start it, I enjoy the one I read. Next month comes around. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... All right, what's next? All right, then we got one more from him. He says, which issue nearing or at the end of an arc did you have high expectations for that totally disappointed you? And I think I can answer this for Roger. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. Kirkman. No, oh. no. Oh. I was going with Oblivion song. No, oh, I yeah. was saying. Are well, you kidding? The right, one, the one comic that frustrated you so much that you shredded it in Convergence. front of me. Convergence. Oh. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I would even add Age of Ultron to that. Sorry. Too. Yeah. Oh my God, Age of <laughs> yeah. Ultron. Oh, Age of Ultron. oh, that. Both of those. Convergence that still and Age of infuriates Ultron. me. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, what was the question again? I can't, I can't uh, hear uh, you. The end of an arc that upsetted you. Oh, okay. Thought would be good. Yeah. The, oh, okay. The question was, which issue nearing or at the end of an arc did you have high expectations for that totally disappointed you? Um. Yeah. I, look, Convergence and um, Age of Ultron are both great. I mean, but they're and those are both magnitudes greater frustration than Oblivion Song. I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen a company do. Send us the whole first trade, and I <laughs> they still I didn't thought, sell you. <laughs> yeah, when we got to the end, it was like, eh, I need to read. Okay, that. I, nah. I I have all the current issues, and I I I, I haven't had time. Yeah, you I, do now. I have I have <laughs> dude, I have piles of comics that have become furniture. That I need to, <laughs> a chair? You that I, a yeah, chair? they're literally just stacked up, holding other things up. I need to go through and start reading all the things that I never got to while I was in the academy. The past six months. Uh, let's see. Um, um, I'm gonna go with. I'm definitely gonna go with Age of Ultron. I I w really wanted to love that, and I was so frustrated by that one to the point where that's really where the souring of Marvel hit for mm. me. After that, I was just so, and that's where the Bendis hate came in, because I think yeah. Bendis wrote that, and oh my god. Um. Yeah. I just. I was furious. But. Yeah, my, my glib answer would be every major crossover event, but that's why I stopped reading them, is their endings would always let me down, and they'd be undone like in a month. But um, to be more less glib, uh, I would say my biggest disappointment ending was probably, and it pains me to say it, Jeff Smith's Bone, because hmm. um, that was an epic of a story, and uh, the ending just didn't add up to me. Uh, it just seemed like, you know... Um, I don't want to spoil, but we are know. a spoiler podcast, though. But yeah, but you know, it's 
There was an ending that you could tell was his planned ending, but the characters had moved so far from that okay. place that it just didn't, it didn't seem natural. It was still a great comic, and, it, and the ending didn't harm it, but I have to say that was probably the biggest letdown I ever had for a comic that I deeply cared about. Right, right. <laughs> can't think of anything but besides no. like age of ultron you know like that was just like why did i keep collecting this i threw those away <laughs> and that's you know i yeah, that was actually one of the few comics that i literally took all 10 issues of that when i was done and yeah. i threw it into the trash because i mean like after that i, was I don't a, ever do that i yeah. find like a, you know somebody else to to pass comics on to or you know something yeah. i, I literally that, chucked those that, that would take a lot with you know, with just, force into the trash can. After that, like, I, I kind of, you know, uh, had less of a tolerance for bad books. So, like, I always, I always give them, like, one or two issues before I'm just like, no. Um, you know, because, like, I went all 12 issues of Age of Ultron, and I, and I already wasn't liking it at issue, like, three. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in most modern comics, you could tell if something's not going to be to your liking by two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and Convergence, I gave <laughs> one issue, and I was like, this is trash. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I guess that'll do it for questions, unless we, you said we didn't get anything else. No, else not from the email. All right, well, <laughs> we'll go ahead and transfer over to our reviews. Um, we get a new review? What? Did you say review? Oh. The review of the books. for the books, ah. Johnny. The mm. thing that we do every week. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief, Mostly. young man. I'll get the hang of it. Yeah. Eventually. I, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. One, of the, one of these years. <laughs> one of these years. <laughs> it's not like we've been doing this for like two years, Johnny. I know, right? That'd be crazy. Hundred plus episodes. <laughs> Good grief. All right. Uh, wow, I'm really good. I wrote Marvel Indie Marvel. That's how on top of things I was. Sorry. Change one of these to DC. Uh, let's, what book do you guys want to start with tonight? What do you feel like shredding? All, uh, all of them except the indie? Let's start with, um, let's start with DC. Cool. This is an interesting book. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to do our minute thing? Are we going to break it down? What are we going to do? Last week you guys kind of did half minute, half quick. It's fine. Yeah. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Yeah. Do what you want. Yeah, who wants to who wants to give it a quick pitch? I mean, I I'll, I'll be happy to. Yeah, go ahead. Her name is Pearl. Um, oh, that's why the title is called that. Yeah, yeah. It took till about halfway through the book to find that figure. out. But, <laughs> but uh, so you have this character Pearl, who, if you read the solicitation, you know that she's in uh, an assassin for the Yakuza clan. You don't really get that from uh, from the book. Outside of that, she's, you know, uh, handy with guns. But um, she uh, she meets a guy in a cafe, and he recognizes that she is uh, the wearer of um, a very exclusive and expensive tattoo by um, some famous artist. Some you know famous artist who, when he saw her, wanted to tattoo her, didn't tell her what he was going to tattoo on her, and also didn't charge her. Um, and then she goes back and has a meeting with, I assume, the leader of the Yakuza clan. Um, it's kind of, you know, obtuse. And 
It's okay. Yeah. I, this... I, I got the idea that Mr. Mike was the, was the head guy in their area. Is, know, is, but... is this like a sequel to something? No. This is a new story. It's a sequel to the story in Bindus's mind. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's a, I think I'm, it's a five or six issue miniseries. New characters, new world. See, like, it's interesting. Well, this is a miniseries? He's going really slow burn mm-hmm. if it's a miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did not cover a lot of ground. Nah. I, I mean, mean, there's like two, two, two set scenes in there. It's interesting, but he doesn't give enough context to... Show us what's going on. Why we care about this character. Why we care about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's the art's beautiful, and I love that uh, Gato's changes through uh, it throughout to show you know action and mm-hmm. and uh, you know flashbacks like this one. Um, it, it, it's just confusing to me. I was like, okay, I'm obviously missing something like a previous uh, you know arc or or something like that. But the fact that I am not just makes this story less good to me it, it, it makes it seem like we don't have any of the pieces <laughs> you know all we yeah. have is that this girl got a tattoo and then there's some people well, shooting people we, like we, honestly we got what in a movie would be not even the first 10 minutes yeah like this, this feels that's like that's why I was stunned that he said it was a five issue series like, like this just feels like yeah it's high concept, but there's nothing there. There's no, you know, overarching... Pl- I mean, there is, but it, it just feels like it's it's light. It feels like it doesn't have much. It, it's slight, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I'm confused. Uh, I didn't find it all that high concept. It's pretty much your normal gangster story, but it's just... That, that's very, it. That's, it's just, just, that's the concept. But it's just... That's not high concept, though. Well, I don't but, know what the well, hell I'm talking about. I think that there's a supernatural aspect <laughs> oh, oh, to the okay. tattoo Never that mind. hasn't been brought you in. You see, I didn't realize... I couldn't I, I get the, I didn't get in the notion that there was anything more than... That there was anything more than just a, a standard issue um, gangster story. Yeah, I, it just was not much of it. <laughs> I can barely hear you. Um, I don't. <laughs> I was very nonplussed by this book. I didn't know quite how to feel. It's not like it's bad. It's not like it's poorly written. There's just not a lot that happens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that could be the pacing of this. The, the next issue could have something insane that happens. The next three issues could build up some... I don't know. Um, it's not necessarily like a story that I'm super into. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this would be something I would revisit as a trade to see it as a whole because I don't think I want to devote a monthly... Well, yeah, since the first issue told us nothing and it's yeah. going to be a five or six issue, it is a graphic novel that yeah. they're just selling us individual chapters. So um, if it was Scarlet, I'd be on it. Scarlet was, that was good out of the gate. Yeah. And I'm, that's going to come back as a five issue series. You saw the solicit for that yeah. in there, right? Um, this, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I would, I like the fact that you said, I think a couple weeks ago, we were going to review this because you're, you're waiting to see. Are you waiting to see if it was worth the money that DC paid Bendis to come yeah. over and bring his extra Jinx World properties with him? Um, I want this to be good. Yeah. I want Bendis to be successful at DC. I really do. Um, because ultimately that means he's going to sell, you know, 
lots of books. Yeah. And that's going to make the investment into him worthwhile. But I think if you're into, like, kind of this deep dive of, like, gangster Yakuza with some other elements that have yet to be revealed, um, this would be a great book for people. Mm. But if, if crime, gangster, possibly supernaturally type stuff isn't your thing, probably just keep moving. Yeah. So. Rate it. I'll give it a three. Wasn't amazing, wasn't bad. Johnny? I'm sorry, what? Rate it. Oh, it's a two. Mm-hmm. Rate it. Uh, five stop? Out of five. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll give it a four. I, I thought it was a very good example of just something I'm not very into. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me... Uh, I, two and a half. Okay. It's okay. I, I love the art. Um, the story doesn't really intrigue me. I'm kind of with Jonathan. I would I would much prefer to consume this in a trade, mm-hmm. so that you'd have well a more complete understanding of what it's about. Next up. All right. Next up, we're gonna go to our indie book. Pull that up for me, Johnny, so I can read the title. Thank you. Uh, Power Rangers, Shattered Grid, number 30. Yeah, Yeah, apparently Matt's into it. Um, Surprisingly, I enjoyed this book a lot for not being a Power Rangers guy. I thought it was pretty good. I had a vague understanding of the story going into this. Um, I guess we reviewed the first issue of it and maybe one other one. I'm not... 25. Okay. So, I mean, we have... We reviewed the first trade. We did? Yeah. Uh, of this? Yeah. No, no, of no. the... Of oh, the Shattered Grid? Not of yeah. Shattered Grid, of the oh, series. Oh, no, of the series, yeah. Yeah. We reviewed the first trade, and then issue 25. Yeah, well, the first trade is so far removed from this story completely. I mean, it's the same Nod characters. your head. Nod your head. No. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the Shattered Grid is really, I mean, as far as understanding this book... Oh, it's like, it's an event, yeah. So anyway, who's pitching it? So should somebody? Uh, I guess I'll do it. Okay, you have it. Do you know it? Do you know how to pitch? Sure. It, uh, Lord it uh, Dracon, which is a Tommy Oliver from an alternate world, is taking out uh, Power Rangers from multiple timelines and universes uh, to get more power, and it's up to the remaining Power Rangers, uh, you know, to time hop and to uh, dimension hop to uh, get together and stop Lord Dracon. And in this one, uh, Zordon is going to Rita Repulsa, uh, her, his mortal enemy, to get some help. What'd you think of it, Johnny? I love this so much. This thing's awesome. I haven't read, uh, I only read the first trade and then the issues that we reviewed for it. And it just, it doesn't feel like the Power Rangers cartoon because obviously there's more violence and things like that. Um, but it's so great and, and action-heavy. And, and even though it doesn't feel exactly like the Power Rangers show, it, it's still, they're, still, it, they're still in it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it still feels a little bit like it because, um, like, the core parts are there. Uh, and it feels big and expansive and, because it's an event. And um, 
I'm really well. Actually, I think I uh, on the news Kyle Higgins was uh, leaving Power Rangers. I'm pretty sure after this, uh, but I'm looking forward to going back and reading his whole run because he has been killing it. Cool. Um, I surprisingly enjoyed this for not. I mean, I had like I said a very kind of limited knowledge of what was happening with the whole Shattered Grid event. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. Uh, story was serviceable. Um, the twist, you know, uh, it looks like Lord Draken, Evil Tommy, is gonna succeed against this army of Power Rangers, and then he gets. I don't know if I want to. I'm assuming I know what's gonna happen with this last page. I don't know if we should spoil that, but um, if you're a fan of the show, it looks like it's gonna go the route that it goes every show, where a big a big monster of something is gonna show up, and we're gonna to have to like have some ultimate megazord. And then they'll have to megazord it. Yeah. So. Dude, I was so sad. The and doggy. I, I know know so little about what I'm saying. <laughs> what did you think, Roger? You know, I really like this book. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Power Rangers fan, but I did watch it with my kids, and so I, it's very hard not to read Power Rangers and have this overwhelming sense of nostalgia. Um, and I know enough of the characters to, to kind of make it through. Um, I like what they're doing. I thought it was I thought it was it was uh, very fast paced, um, very typical Power Rangers, and just. A lot of fun packed into you know a twenty-three page book. Um, is that is that everybody? Um, oh, I, I have absolutely no connection to the Power Rangers. I saw I think the first episode when I was fourteen, and it just didn't did not click for me. Um, but about this book though, I didn't so I didn't know any of the mythology going in, uh, but. It was a decent book. It had it had a fairly clear plot line. Um, it had everything that I'm I've come to expect is in a Power Rangers thing. You had the you had the character bits. You had the big fight, and then you had some like mech fighting and all that stuff. And so it, it worked. It seemed to me like what I remembered a Power Rangers episode being like. So, and that's high praise for a um, that's high praise for a. Um, a licensed comic, because licensed comics don't always do that. Yeah. So what would you rate it? Uh, I'd probably rate it a two, but that's more... That's If I was Personal more connected... Preference. If I was more connected to the Power Rangers, I probably would have liked it more. How about you, Roger? Um, four and a half for me. I just... I'm At the end of this book, I just... I, I, I was happy I really, I really enjoyed reading it. Rating? Yep. Okay, uh, it's a five for me. I loved it. And I'm going to go four. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, David. I'm not really connected to Power Rangers because it kind of came out when I was just kind of getting out of that age group that it was marketed to. Um, but I could see why people would love this. Um, this co- I just want to point out this cover is great. Yeah. yeah. Way. A fantastic cover to this. Um, so if you get a chance, look it up. Shattered Grid, uh, Power Rangers number 30. Uh, got Lord Dracon on a stone, or Draken, I don't know how you say it, on a stone throne with all these discarded, defeated Power Rangers helmets. It's very kind of Conan-esque. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's very cool. 
So, um, yeah, I'll give it a four. Very enjoyable. Um, you don't necessarily have to know all the mythology of Power Rangers to, to kind of get into the action of it. Yeah. Um, but the nostalgia factor, I think, would definitely help boost the enjoyment experience a lot more. Somebody want to pitch the X book? Roger? Me? I, I did Pearl. I did Power Rangers. <laughs> I got I got to pitch the book that I or, lost through. Yeah. No, David. Well, you didn't read the... I, I didn't read it. I kind of lost through I can't you, you didn't it. fail the... Uh, you didn't read the Echo, did you? No, I didn't. So, go. <laughs> All right. You apparently... Do you want me to pitch this? Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Okay, pitch so it. Extermination Number 1 by Ed Brisson, Pepe Larraz. Uh, it is uh, following the story of this rogue uh, villain taking out the original X-Men uh, that were brought uh, from the past to the present 616, uh, and he succeeds in taking a few down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a plot twist as to who it is. I rolled my eyes so <laughs> That was so... I'm sorry. You know, I, I've been so beaten around by X-Men plot twists that it didn't even register I'm sorry. in roll. I thought, <laughs> I thought when it... Okay, so I, I don't know if I should mention who gets killed in this, but there's a pretty major player that gets killed, and I was like, no way. And I was really into it, even just kind of glossing through it because I was trying to get it done quickly with everything that oh, was Blood going Storm. on. Oh, Bloodstorm. Rest in peace. And... <laughs> I get to the last page and I'm like, that's so stupid. <laughs> so should I should I spoil it? Sure. So Cable gets killed by this mysterious hooded figure, and everybody's like, and among other people, like Bloodstorm, who apparently is a vampire storm. Yeah. Uh, that's dumb. Uh, I like the name. <laughs> it's it's too long though. Well. Yo, when he said he eye-rolled at the reveal, I eye-rolled at the name Bloodstorm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay. anyway, I was like, who took out Cable? Who's taking out these X-Men? No way. There's no way somebody could be able to take out, because I like Cable. And then I get to the last page, and it's young Cable <laughs> that takes out Cable. Who killed out Cable? It and is I Cable. And I was just like, are <laughs> you this freaking be? kidding me? Like, we're going to play this game again? Yes. Is this the only trick that the X-Men have yes. up their sleeve for plot twists? Yes. <laughs> like, and I hate being that guy, but... I mean, I yeah, know. it's like, very reminiscent to a lot of the events. Like, you think of Battle of the Atom and, like, uh, in the first issue... Yeah, the, we just had recent stuff. Yeah. Well, you see, this event gives you the crushing disappointment right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, say, let me just say, I mean, I look, uh, old Cable would realize that he killed himself at this point in time. Um, here's where I'll go real and nerd, and that every time there's time travel in the X-Men universe, it creates a new universe. So the cable from the past that came back to kill Cable does not have, is not in Cable's memories. It's That's the way stupid that the, rules. It's I'm like, not saying yeah. it's smart. Know, I'm just I'm saying just, it is. This makes me angry. Um, I will That's say how the they art, did it in Back to the Future. What are you talking about? I will about? say the art in this was really good. Um, I, I, adore, I adored the art in this book. Pepe Larraz? Yeah. Such a snob, John. I know I have ADD, and anyway, um, I liked it. I, I I don't know if I'd come across anything of his before. Um, yeah, it, it was it was fun art for the most part. That's kind of what had me drawn in. Um, it's pretty. It's highly detailed. But uh, that colors reveal, did a that reveal just killed it for me. Unless there's something else that's gonna happen, I I would not pick this up personally. So. 
would you rate it, David? Well, I, I enjoyed the book. It was... Um, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I don't know if I'll actually enjoy the rest of the series, but it, it was a pretty solid X-Men book. It's interesting to see that they've uh, moved on to some sort of end game with the, with the kid X-Men. Um... So I, I think I'd give the it... The endgame to kill Kid X-Men is well, to yeah. Kid Cable. Yeah. I'm not saying it was great. I just said that there was I one. Know, I'm just... <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I, I, so I'd give it a 3.5. All right. I, you I, like this more than Power Rangers? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> this is the best X-Men book I've read in years. Wow. Are you reading cool. X-Men Red? No, I haven't been. It's really good. So. There you go. X-23, all-new Wolverine. No. Ahead, I don't Charlie. read Wolverine books. Uh, this is a two. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I was enjoying it up until the reveal. 2.5. Art's a five. See, I, I've, come, I've come to understand that, re, that grand reveals in mainstream comics will be made of stupid. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's... Cool. Yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, lightning rounds. Anybody have any? Lightning yeah, round. I do. Hang on. Let me pull up the one minute shot clock here. Ready? Yeah. Go. <laughs> okay, first I want to bring up uh, Amazing Spider-Man. It's actually something that I've been looking forward to. Like These past three issues have been exactly what I wanted from uh, Spider-Man. Um, they're just fun, cool. no big events, and it, it just feels like Nick Spencer gets Spider-Man. Uh, nice. But the, what I want to spend the rest of my 41 seconds on is this book that Nathan Armentrout lent me called Eternity Girl uh, from Young Animal, and uh, this is another one of uh, Young Animal's great books. Um, it's, written, <laughs> it's written by Magdalene Visaggio mm -hmm. and uh, art by Sunny Liu, and Eternity Girl follows the uh, a elemental woman who is immortal and can't die but she wants to and it deals with her struggle with that and it deals with her struggle of basically she could tear time and, and reality apart and it's something that I haven't seen done in comics uh, in forever and I absolutely love it and I need to own it good job Johnny thank you alright who else anybody else uh, I haven't been up to date on anything. Uh, cool. You can talk about whatever you want for a minute. Oh, okay. Ready? Issue seven. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right. Go. All right. Uh, as some regular listeners may know, I have a comic book called uh, The Super Cliche Hero Chick. I just sent the seventh issue of that comic off to the printers. It should be available at the beginning of September. And it will definitely be at Long Beach Comic Con. And after that, it will be on the website. And I'll see where else I could get it. So you can look, buy it and look at it. We're really proud of this one. Um, let's see. And um, well, if you uh, if you want to try something neat and new on comics, try to find uh, it's on Comixology. It's also on Apple um, Apple iBooks. So it'll be the easiest place to get it. It's a it's a French comic called Valerian and Laureline. Uh It was the basis of the Luc Besson movie of last summer. Uh, if you liked that movie, definitely check out the book. If not, um, check, uh, out, the check out the comic because the comic is great. It's great classic, you know, 70s science fiction. Awesome. Good job. All right, Roger, do you have anything? 
Yeah, so just an announcement. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple uh, people about this because this, this room that we have here in the back, Horizon Comics After Dark, is um, ultimately going to be uh, an event room. Um, Batman Day coming up in September. We will have Batman in here. Uh, more to come on on that. Uh, Literally, the Bruce Wayne. And it will be, it'll be you know, an all-ages you know, thing, so... Um, I look forward to that, but I do want to give everybody a heads up who uh, fancies themselves a writer or artist. Um, October 6th, which is the first Saturday in October, marks uh, 24-hour comic day. And the goal Mm -hmm. is to, without any prior preparation, from midnight October 6th to 11.59 p.m. October 6th, you create a 24-page comic in 24 hours. All scripting, paneling, uh, inking, everything. So we are going to support that. Get your teams together now. Um, I had intended to do um, one team for the shop, but um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna open that up because I don't I don't know I think that that might be too many uh, cooks in the kitchen. So what I'll do is is say we are hosting the event. We have room for the event. And uh, if you want to assemble your team, you are welcome to come here and uh, spend an entire 24 hours. I have a hose. You can, you can wash yourself off in the alley. <laughs> so look forward to but that. But that means a few More pages to come. will lose minutes. More to come. I think I'll be there. I've been looking for an excuse to do one of those. I've been excited about that for a long time, but we've never, our shop has never had the space to pull off something uh-huh. like that, but we do now. Yeah, I, so. I read about that like about 15 years ago on Scott yeah. McCloud's website, yeah. and I'm like, I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, where's that? There you go. All right, we're going to go ahead and head over to the highlights. Uh, next week from Marvel, what are we reading, Roger? I have no idea. I haven't even looked at this list. Well, we have a Punisher number one, or we have West Coast Avengers number one. West Coast Avengers, West Coast Avengers. Please. So, Punisher number one. Probably. I think that's Matthew Rosenberg. Oh, that could be good, too. Matthew Rosenberg's really good. Um, and then for DC, we have something called Batman Kings of Fear number one. It's a miniseries, one of six. Yeah, I can't quite re- recall the premise of that. There's nothing really. I mean, we have Action Comics 1002. Yeah. Uh, Probably Kings of Fear. We'll see. I, okay. I mean, it's a Batman miniseries, so we should have ample stock of that. All right, cool. And then from Indie, there's not a lot out, but Die, Die, Die number two is out. <laughs> I'm down. I I'm just saying, like that could be really fun. They yeah. win. They win the title game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right, that is what we are possibly reviewing next week. Subject to change. Uh, let's see here. Oh, David, tell us about the graphic novel we're reviewing. All right, the graphic novel we are doing today is uh, a book called Echo by Terry Moore. Um, it's a story about a um, secret government project that 
they take out the head scientist on, and they, they, she's a jetpack girl. They blow her up, and um, her jetpack becomes a bunch of liquid metal that falls onto a bystander photographer named Julie, and it's about Julie's attempts to um, basically survive after getting hit by this, the laws after her, the, the evil government organizations after her. Oh, lots of fun stuff. Cool. So I'm really bummed I didn't get to read this because I've been waiting to read Echo because uh-huh. it sounds like it's a little bit more science fiction action yes, kind of stuff. Yes, it's very much a science fiction action um, Not that I don't like Terry Moore's slice of life style. It's kind of slice of life style. Well, I, I figured there'd be those Well, elements, yeah, it's what he does. It's just it's there's, the framework. Yeah, there's more things in it that I would be interested in. As, like, Rachel Rising was great because it was slice of life with supernatural horror zombie stuff. You know, it was... It, in other words, it was very much well, his thing, but in... Another genre. I, I want to say Echo is a little more plot driven even than Rachel Rising was. So. Are you? But Rachel Rising felt like there was a lot going on. Yeah, and, I, and there was more? a lot going on, but Echo is a little more plot driven. Okay. Because it's a, it's a, it's for the most of it, it's a chase. Okay. So it's, but um. What what would you say, because like I said, I'm disappointed that I didn't get to read this. What would you say, because we reviewed the first, what, six issues? That was what? Five. Five issues? What's the the trade? Okay, so first five is the trade. How would you say this sets up the rest? Because this is a fairly thick, not as thick as Rachel Rising, Um, but it's a thick omnibus or compendium or whatever you want to call it. It goes on a lot of... the the beginning is just the the ver- is obviously the very beginning, uh, but it's uh, it's the it's the intrigue of uh, figuring out everything that's going on and the and the plots of the government organizations and the not government organizations, the the shady science group that's doing it. I don't know if I want to go much further than what was in the first volume, but yeah, it's um, it, it turns out to be an inside job. They wanted the scientist gone. Okay. Johnny, what did you think of this? Um, hmm. I liked it for the most part. Uh, and then... But I, there's I, a but. Yeah, I think... Well, what, it's Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, may I see the first trade? Wherever, mm. maybe. There's this part... Like, I liked a lot of it. Um, there's this part where uh, she's having an argument with... Uh, what's his face? Her husband, mm-hmm. and then it just goes from like zero to eleven real quick. Uh, that it was kind of a, a little jarring to me. Like when, uh, let's see, when this happens, you know, it's just like having an argument. It's kind of like a slice of life book, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, you know, just like oh yeah, Kane. yeah, and and it, and it <laughs> kind of caught me off guard because well, like up to that point, it was kind of just. Uh, like this story about this weird metal yeah, thing. Yeah, Kane is an interesting character in the book. He uh, is the other fellow who um, got some of um, uh, the Phi suit is Spoilers. what it's called. The what suit? Well, we are Phi. Phi? As in the Greek letter. Oh, okay. Because okay. there's, there's a concept in the book that, um, that this suit was made off of a mathematics that was, that was off of base Phi. Okay. Phi is the golden ratio. Oh, um, yeah, okay. 
and and the idea was that since the golden ratio appears in so many places, you know, the screen of a television, the proportions of a person, and such, that it would be a more sensical way to um, be the basis of arithmetic. And so when Julie makes this, um, makes a science off of base phi, she comes up with this alloy that has like amazing powers and such. And this gentleman, Kane, who is a real mystery at this point, is a guy who, he's a crazy guy in the desert who thinks he is the Kane of biblical story. And he right. believes that the alloy that's gone onto his hand is a gift from God with which he is going to execute God's wrath with. Yeah. yeah. Fun I, guy. I think, I think I'm <laughs> definitely interested in his slice of life stuff more. Uh, then, you know, like his... Uh, well, this, uh, yeah, this but, is his foray into sci-fi. Right. Yeah. And, but, like, I, I liked Rachel Rising because I really like horror. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, when I got to the sci-fi stuff, I was like, ah, come on. I, I, I kind of, like, didn't really... Yeah, it's funny. Because, because like, the, the most interesting parts were, like, her... Um, relationship with with uh, her husband, like that's mm -hmm. that was interesting to me. You know, like well, I hope you're not too interested because you've seen the extent. Then, of <laughs> then I'm not interested in the rest of it. The sister, because that, that's the honestly sister, that's, the sister comes persists through the story. Okay, because that, that that's honestly like what I oh, there's more there's like stuff. About. You know, there's the there's the rapport between her and Dylan. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Continues. I, th I think Terry and, Moore really shines um, with his characters. Oh, there's plenty of character work. In yeah, it. but just, this I, is the beginning, and everything's ramping up. Really I, I just don't think that I like the where the story's going. Really, mm -hmm. like with the. It, well, like it, I said, it, this is his most plot-oriented. Oh, okay. Um, book, actually, Strangers in Paradise Twenty Five is shaping up to be right a little more plot oriented even. So I liked Strangers in Paradise when we reviewed like well but, when I reviewed the wrong first volume. But then uh, but I didn't like Strangers in Paradise. But then of course Strangers in Paradise twenty five also reminds me of a part see Strangers in Paradise was an interesting book because it would be slice of life and then all of a sudden it'll be crime drama for okay. six or seven issues. So Strangers in Paradise twenty five just makes me think of a point where it's the crime drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like Strangers in Paradise 25 was uh, okay to me, but I think, like I've said it before, I just don't like the sci-fi sci stuff that much. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this this was, it's well written. I think you've convinced yourself you don't. I, I'd, I'd urge you to continue with this book. I mean, like, it goes places. I think, I think that you are... made the decision one day that you said, like, I don't like sci-fi, and then you just turned yourself off from everything sci-fi. I mean, well, I don't like Star Wars. Well, I, I, like remember, Star Wars. I remember last time but I was then, here. like, there's other things that you like that are heavily influenced uh, by I, I remember last time I was here, you said he didn't like sci-fi, and then I said, you know, the thing you liked about that book is so prevalent in science fiction. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. everything's prevalent in everything. Like, you can, yeah. everything's influenced by everything, but, you know... When it, it's That's like his way of like trying to dance around the fact I, that he I, doesn't like sci-fi. You know, he kind of likes sci-fi. I mean, uh, show me a sci-fi story that I <laughs> well, like absolutely as it love. Right now, it's available in this omnibus. Mm -hmm. It's a quick read. Uh, I recommend finishing it mm. because it, let's be honest, it'll be an afternoon. Do it, John. Yeah, I mean, I read <laughs> this know? in like I read this in like uh, thirty minutes. It, or it's so. a very brisk read. My my dad read it twice in one day when I first got it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's a bit of a fast reader, but it's um, but not yeah. that fast of a reader. Yeah. What did you think of this, Roger? I like it a lot. Um, I, I love Terry Moore. I concern his art all day. Um, I like I like the the min minimalist nature. Yeah. Of of his lines. There's a page in um, here that I really like. Sorry, 
and I, I'm I'm definitely a sci-fi guy. So uh, yeah, oh, um, not as minimalist, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but no, no it's still I, minimalist. I, There's no line that doesn't need to be there. Um, <laughs> I I like it a lot. Cool. What would you rate it? Four and a half. David. Uh, I'd rate this one five. This, this is the one that got me hooked on him as an author. Yeah. I want to know more about the, her relationship to her husband. Uh, it's a three. Yeah, unfortunately, her husband's backstory. <laughs> that's a bummer. Because that's what so I was more. No, her husband's backstory. Oh. Got it. All right. Uh, let's let's play some trivia. Sweet. Woo. Matthew. Do the winners. Uh, Much we have winners? John? Yeah, I do. Roger, someone. So we have, for the first time in a very long time, we have one winner uh, for for both. Um, the The question that we chose for this week was from Nelson Carvalho, so he gets the comics, and he also uh, was one of the ones to send in. A correct answer to uh, Brian's very obtuse question. That's good, though. That's good. <laughs> well, it got everybody, well, not everybody. It got a few people engaged. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, I, Brian, did you want to say anything about the... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brian said, I'm sorry. Well, when we first started, before we started recording, Brian was like, yeah, well, Roger threw me into the bus. And I was like, uh granted <laughs> um, I don't I don't remember the question I don't remember that it had something to do with uh, the highest amount that Lovecraft was love paid that. for a piece of work while he was still alive and what was the publisher right? and, yeah. well, it was like a, it was like a two-part question <laughs> yeah. okay so but we took uh, we, we handled the answers very very leniently um, I think we got a total of three responses, but in any case, Nelson Carvalho, uh, you got the comics, you got uh, Neo Nomicon. Um, you're yeah, you're in for some some uh, good reading. All right, okay, so guys, uh, send in your questions if you want to stump the panel here. I would appreciate it. We're running out of questions here. I was going to start making them up myself. Um, send your multiple choice questions and state the correct answer labeled trivia question to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com so this week's question if you know the answer do not say it and if you know it let me know so you go last if you don't know it you're going to answer the trivia question first okay the question that Nelson gave and we're going to use his answer as well is what superhero gained his powers after being exposed to the orb of raw wait what Say that again. <laughs> what superhero gained his powers after being exposed to the Orb of Raw? Now, the choices are A, Superboy, B, Raven, C, Hawkman, or D, Metamorpho. That's easy. Okay, so you know it. You're going to go last. Anyone else? Okay, Johnny, what's your guess? I'm an D? D, Metamorpho? Is that what you're going with? Yep. Okay, David? I would say uh, Hawkman. Hawkman, okay. I, 
I'm going to go with what seems obvious, and I'll go with Hawkman. Hawkman? Jonathan? Hawkman. Hawkman. According to Nelson, the answer is D, Metamorpho. Yeah! <laughs> uh, current continuity or old continuity? I don't know. That's nah, all the context I, I of the question that he gave. I win. Egypt all over. Point for me. Yep. According to Nelson's specific question, that was the context he gave. Nice. Cool. I don't know, man. I'm not like Googling every statistic. Well, and that's <laughs> what. Not that I don't trust Nelson. They're trying to stump you, you know? So maybe it's. Yeah, specific. no, that's yeah. a great question because I had, I mean, I had settled on Hawkman before you did the. Yeah. Only because he was the only, the only character that I knew had any relations to ancient Egypt. So there we go. So Johnny's so. on the board. Woo! Uh, yeah, so please, uh, I don't know if you guys have a question for the. Do we have a question for the audience? Do we have a question for the listener question? Yeah, do we have this? Oh, because we got to give away uh, yeah. Echo. But please send in your tri- multiple choice trivia questions to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com for multiple choice. Note the correct answer. Stump these guys. Um, what's Terry Moore's wife's name, who is also his publisher? Uh, we've said that. I think we did That's that one. Did, yeah. we, did we do that before? We did that one. Not Crap. like today, but we have before. As a question? Yeah, not as a question. I mean, we've done a lot of Terry Moore. What about like Power Rangers or Pearl or something? Matt, th- throw down some Power Rangers trivia. I, throw down one with the I didn't read this issue though, so okay, no. so um, it doesn't have to be related to the issue. It would just be Power Rangers trivia in general. Okay. So, like, uh, how much does Zardon weigh? Or I th- Zordon? This will be relatively easy, and if you know Power Rangers, you can probably figure it out real quick. So. Um, according to uh, the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, when they got their ninja powers, who was the character that ushered them through that transformation? Is this from the movie? Nope. Hmm. From volume one? Nope, it's uh, from the TV show. Oh, it's from the TV show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so if, if you want to venture a guess or Google uh, a response to that question, you can win uh, a copy of Echo Volume 1. Send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. There we go. What's next? I uh, believe that is it. So if we have some reviews, did you check? No email? No email saying we got a review. So please leave okay. us a review too, and then we'll read it on the air. Uh, if you want to go, if you like what you're hearing, please li- rate, subscribe, like, and share with all your friends. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. Get in on for as little as a dollar gets you the episode the night it drops. Three dollars gets you the Multiversity University episode drops, which a new episode will be tagged on the end of this episode for those of you that are just w- listening and waiting each week. Um, Five dollars gets you the new Origin Stories, origin All-Star story. Origin Stories, which apparently not Johnny a, is up next. Johnny's up next, but not enough of you guys have listened to Rogers on the feed. Go check that out. I'm, that's so is that Origin Stories of you guys? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, and then how, you, how many hits do I have or how many downloads between 60 and 70 oh, okay where our normal episodes around 120 150 I know <laughs> I'm not that interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah next month will be Johnny on Patreon you're going live oh god yours is a good one <laughs> I, I know but it's always like a little like oh man here we go <laughs> How many hits do I have so far on just the, the Patreon? There's only 10 Patreon oh, okay. people, so probably 10. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. That's 10 more than I thought I was going to have. Well, no, nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet, oh, but yeah, I will. So, yeah. Cool. 
Um, so yeah, if you want to go, you know, there you can do that. And all the other dollar levels, everything stacks. You get sales, you get free comics, you get, you know, fun stuff. Twitch? Um, yeah, I was going to get to that. Uh, the Once again, the feed, I guess you could call it. Yep, you can just type be, it in your browser. That we're going to be doing browser. each week. Yep. You don't have to have a Twitch app. Nope. You can just go to Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Horizon Comics, and you can watch us while we are recording the episode. So for those of you that are more voyeuristic and are into that, go do that there. Yeah. Because now we do have it. a nice little camera set up pointing right at us, <laughs> and I keep forgetting about it. Yep, brother. Uh, and then uh, if you want to keep up with everything at the shop, uh, you can follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram. You can like Horizon Comics on Facebook. Roger updates the Instagram probably the most every Tuesday whenever you get restocks and new new comics yeah. and things like that. And plus, you, you tend to make a lot of announcements there. Try to. Yeah. Raffle and that's winners. where, yeah, our CGC raffle uh, is going on. We've got three books left to give away. We're almost tapped out on, um, what book? Is, oh, the What If Wolverine Had Killed the Hulk. That's almost filled up. It'll it could be filled up by tomorrow. Um, as soon as it is, we'll do do the drawing. So and then we'll guys, have two books left. Yeah. So for you guys that have been into or watching the Instagram raffles and all that, get on there so you can follow all that. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything, David Arroyo. Uh, David Arroyo Art at Instagram is my best place. Um, I have a website now for the comic, TeamHeroChick.com. Uh, Twitter is Team Hero Chick, but that my cousin, who's my co-writer, runs that. And um, that's the best place to look for my stuff. My Boom. comics are available at anyplanet.com. Cool. Johnny? Uh, sorry. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at thejohnny2x4, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, things like that. Matthew? The Hydra 5.5 on everything. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I am at St. Jonathan on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate watching. it. And watching those. How many people did we have watching? There was two or three people. Two or three people? Okay. I think one of them was me having it up. So okay. Two people. Well, thank you guys. Uh, hopefully we'll see that fluctuate up a little bit more. Well, in now that people know where to go and yeah. want to do it, it'll probably be ten. Cool. <laughs> so. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. We will see you next week. Have a great one. Woo. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. Now, on our last two episodes, we've talked about Frederick Wortham and the creation of the book Seduction of the Innocent and the influence that that had on the public. And uh, tonight we're going to basically continue with that story and how this will lead to the creation of the Comics Code Authority. Now, by 1954, uh, the public was uh, pretty much turning against comics. Uh, Wortham had been successful in getting public opinion uh, coming around to his idea that comic books were dangerous, that uh, they were having negative effects on children. And so in 1954, the U.S. Senate decided to hold hearings on the problem of increasing crime among minors, basically the problem of juvenile delinquency. Um, not originally designed to focus on comic books, but it ended up focusing on comic books, especially since Wortham was called as one of the expert witnesses. Um, now, in addition to Wortham, though, there were 
people who were pro-comic book that were called, uh, basically the executives from the various comic book companies were called to testify. Uh, The problem was that the comic book executives really didn't do a very good job testifying on behalf of the comic industry. These were people who worked behind the scenes. These were uh, guys who were businessmen. Uh, They weren't necessarily experts on things like, I don't know, uh, the First Amendment, freedom of the press, and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, defending creativity. So, Wortham, you know, came across as being, uh, you know, very believable to the senators and to the public. Uh, The comic book executives, not so much. Uh, They looked like maybe they were trying to hide something. Uh, One exception was William Gaines, the the owner of EC Comics, because Gaines, in addition to being an executive for a comic book company, was also involved in the creative end of the comic books. A lot of the stories that appeared in EC Comic Books came from ideas that William Gaines had. And although he didn't necessarily write the stories, uh, he did... Uh, quite a bit of the of the plotting, or at least coming up with the initial idea. So, as someone who was involved in the creative end, he was a- actually did an excellent job in defending the comic book industry and in actually defending what his company was doing. Since EC was one of the ones that was um, under fire even more than some of the other companies. Now. There is uh, sort of a belief, I guess, among a lot of comic book fans today that uh, basically the senators threatened the comic book companies with censorship. Now, uh, the thing is that if they had wanted to, the senators actually could have passed legislation censoring comic books. And the reason was that the Supreme Court had ruled that uh, minors did not receive this, did not have the same constitutional rights, say, that adults did. So, for example, the Supreme Court said that schools could censor speech. You might not be able to keep an adult from swearing, but you could keep a kid from swearing in school, for example. Um, And uh, as a result, and the fact that comic books were considered entertainment that was directed at children, the Supreme Court had ruled that the Uh, that the government could actually regulate and censor uh, material that was designed for children. However, um, the senators actually didn't threaten the comic book executives with censorship. The the senators actually didn't want to get involved with censoring comic books. But, um, and I'm going to warn you, there's going to be a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess you could say, um, uh, opinion rather than than facts here, but what does what's more important to a politician than little things like constitutional rights? Well, that's of course getting reelected, and so the senators knew that if they looked like they were going easy on the comic book industry, that might uh, that might uh, have a negative effect on their reelection chances. So what they did is they went to the executives and said, "Look, we don't want to get involved in censoring comic books." Uh, but we need to do something, or at least have it look like we're doing something, uh, so that we don't, uh, you know, have to suffer the wrath of our constituents. So they basically said to the comic book executives, we need you to come up with something. If you voluntarily come up with something, then we can go to the public and say, you know, the the comic companies have seen the error of their ways, and they're going to clean things up, and everything will be great from now on. 
Now, what a lot of people don't know is that the comic book companies actually had tried doing something before this. Uh, Back in 1948, they had uh, started an organization called the Association of Comics Magazine Publishers. And what this association did is it came up with a code that was basically modeled on the 1930 Hollywood production code, um, which, you know, controlled what could be done in movies. Um, and so they they did kind of a similar thing with comic books. The problem was, um, of course, it was completely voluntary, um, and the code really didn't have any teeth. There was no enforcement mechanism um, at all. And so there was nothing that stopped comic book companies from just going ahead and publishing whatever they wanted, um, even though it might violate the code. And there was really nothing that even forced a comic book company to join that organization. In fact, by 1954, when these hearings were going on, there were only three companies that were actually participating um, at that point in the Association of Comics Magazine Publishers. So what they what the executives did is they came up with a new organization called the CMAA, the Comics Magazine Association of America. Now, um, interestingly, one of the people who really pushed for this, one of the ones who said, hey, we have got to do something, otherwise the public is going to turn against us and it's going to hurt our sales, was William Gaines himself, the president of EC, probably the company that people were most upset at at that point. But he was the one that really pushed for this new organization. Uh, He wanted an organization that would have some teeth, that would be able to enforce the code that it came up with, unlike the uh, previous organization that had come up with this code in 1948. Um, And he was also one of the people that was a supporter of hiring an individual named Charles Murphy, uh, a New York state judge who was considered an expert in juvenile delinquency to be the head of this new organization and to write this new code. Of course, what William Gaines could not have foreseen was that the code that Charles Murphy would come up with would would essentially destroy his company. And we'll talk about that on our next episode as we continue talking about the Comics Code Authority, its establishment, and the effect that it had on the comic book industry.